This week's episode of Merge Conflict is brought to you by Raygun. They're all about enabling you to spend more time building great software and less time fighting it. Raygun is everything that developers need for crash reporting to detecting diagnosed software errors in any of their applications. Their cross-platform SDK can be integrated into your applications in under a minute, including support for iOS, Android, Xamarin, and web applications, you name it, they support it. Their SDK will automatically pick up uncaught exceptions, but you can always track your own and add additional data. It's bananas. I love it. I use it myself. And they also integrate into all of your favorite services, including Slack, GitHub, Zendesk, and VSTS and more. You can get a full 30-day trial of Raygun for your applications by going to raygun.com slash mergeconflict. That's raygun.com slash mergeconflict. And thanks again for Raygun for sponsoring this episode of Merge Conflict. Frank, today I thought that we would talk about everyone's favorite topic in the world, architecture. Oh boy, we're going to put everyone to sleep, aren't we? No, no, no. I want to talk about a different type of architecture because we often talk about sharing code. We talk about cross-platform AR, cross-platform graphics, but I don't think we've ever really talked about what is the proper architecture for applications that we're developing and when you want to extend it and start sharing like more user interface, like how do we architect uh, our native applications? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think what we really are going to focus in on is sharing UI code between apps because it's pretty easy to share logic these days. We're all .NET developers. We create our .NET standard projects and that code just goes everywhere. But when it comes to sharing UI, um, things get a little more tricky. I think. Yeah. And probably people are thinking like, oh, haven't you told us just, you know, use Xamarin forms and like everything is XAML and everything's shared everywhere. Yes. But, you know, not every application is perfect for Xamarin forms. If you were building what continuous or iCircuit or we were just building this volunteer application, you know, that may not be the perfect use case when you need super high performance uh, for an application. I think that's or- that's where I really want to get at today. Yeah, or I'll even throw another scenario out there. You did write your app for iOS, and now you want to get it onto Android, and you're kind of <laughs> that is, painted yourself into a corner. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. You've started the rabbit hole of I have it on one platform, yeah. or you know you've 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 started on two, and the Android one is kind of sitting there, and like if <clears> you <throat> have some shared code, maybe. But you're like, I don't know how to do that <laughs> UI. You know, <laughs> like Android's yeah, I, crazy. I, this is a fun topic because I have a little bit of experience here. I think I've made every mistake you can make in the past, but I've also done some good things for sharing code between platforms. When you don't start green, green field, green pasture, what do they call it? If, if you start out in Xamarin Forms, I think life is pretty easy and good for you. But if for whatever reason you want a truly native app, then sharing UI just, well, you have a lot of options, I guess is the truth. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people immediately start thinking, well, it depends, right? If you're building with Xamarin, I think that there's probably ways of looking at how do I use a cross-platform graphics type engine or how do I abstract an API out myself? If you're not using Xamarin, if you're using like Java and Objective-C, then you start going down this path of, well, do I have to put some web content? Even Xamarin, like, oh, maybe I'll put a web view in there. And I hear that often. I'll just slap a web view in there because it'll look the same (laughs) on both platforms. Like, eh, not great. Yeah, um, maybe we should save that topic for another time. I actually have some opinions on the web views. I'm not totally against them. 
I, I do think either. there's a place for them. But I think when I think of native apps, I'm thinking of highly interactive ones, things that are kind of pushing uh, the limits. I know a lot of people's apps are just, you know, kind of forms over data. And those are those are perfect for Xamarin forms. You know, if you're just presenting text boxes and images and buttons, life is great. Write that app, make your millions. But for us stuck in the graphics world, uh, we have to choose. Yeah. Well, let's start with maybe the idea of you start with one platform. I think that often mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. I start with an Android application and maybe I want to yeah. go to iOS or Windows later. I think in that instance, the natural um, inclination, if that's a word that is correct to use in this situation, mm-hmm. is to just start throwing files into your iOS project. You have stuff inside of there and you just start jamming on code where I think that I got a lot of questions at this conference I was just at with a lot of awesome listeners, by the way. So thanks for coming up and grabbing free stickers. Um, but I say, they say, well, I'm going to start with iOS and maybe one day I'll go to Android. And I go, well, what if you just start architecting your libraries today, right? You have like a, a data model library and then you have a user interface library and then you have a, you know, controller or view model library and a data layer kind of, you don't need all of the, all of the projects, but think about <laughs> maybe not shoving all of your code in the iOS project um, or Android project. That's how I've always gone about it is saying like, okay, well, I have my Android app, but here's like my services, like for my web requests and potential shareable code. And I think that's where my my thought process is when I think about sharing even UIs, like what are the potential shareable code for this application? And it's essentially anything that's not iOS specific or the user interface. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is all good advice. And um, I actually wanna talk on both sides of it because I completely agree with you and I pretty much always do this for my apps now. Even if I am writing an iOS only app, I pretty much always create two projects, one being the app project, the other being the library project, you know, as much in the app that I don't think touches UI as possible. And that makes the app project just basically the UI project. Yeah, and you know, honestly, that just feels good for my own sanity. Um, it, it just enforces some architectural constraint on you. So I think just doing that very first step is beneficial. That said, <laughs> I do cheat constantly, and I'll totally not do that and just create an iOS app. Why do I do that? Because I'm lazy. Because I just want to write a native UI as fast as I can. Yeah. I mean, you've been there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you're trying to prototype something as fast as humanly possible. So you just say, oh, file new I Android. And I'm just like slapping stuff together and just putting everything in a button click. And I want to prototype something, you know, and that happens. I mean, I've always said the idea and the goal when I demo Xamarin apps is how little interaction, how much little code can I write inside of that code behind? Because I want to like click on a button yes. and then immediately get out of there, right? That's that's kind of my goal. It's <laughs> like, let me get out of yeah. there. But if you only just start with one project, you're just like, yeah, I'll just put it in there for now, right? And and that yeah. totally works. Because then you got to think like, oh, do I have to listen to properties and I like have to register events well, and then unregister events? And you're like, oh, geez, right? Because it is architecture <laughs> thinking. It is, it is. You can cheat in so many ways when you mix your model and the UI. For instance, what if every person object 
also had an editor view associated with them. So whenever you had a person object, you could easily present the view for them, and they could stay in sync with each other very easily, and you don't have to create that communications channel. No data binding, nothing. Life is great. And you know, sometimes I'll cheat like that <laughs> because I just want to create an app. Um, but this will really bite you in the bullet. In this case, the moment I want to present two different editors <laughs> for the person object, you know, uh, you lose multiplicity. And then B, if I ever want to share it with another platform, obviously I've destroyed it. This is basically what every JavaScript app is, by the way. They mix UI and data constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen that a lot when looking at like Cordova apps or React Native apps. Like everything is blended in this weird, like it doesn't feel comfortable yeah. for me. It feels very uneasy. Like I get a little twitchy. I'm like, I don't really feel good about putting this here. And this is like literally in it. And they're like, oh, no, just do it. It's fine. You know, I mean, I am the one to say you do have to poke at your uncomfortable zones. So if it makes you uncomfortable, you should dissect why. But I think we, we've all come to agreement, though, that if you're going to maintain this app over more than, say, two weeks, then you're going to need some data separation, some organization to your code. Um, just my God, just, just to keep like UI changes so that you can change the UI and not have to rewrite the data model, right? Like, have, have you ever tried to reskin an app? Could you imagine if the data model and the UI were mixed? It'd be terrible. Well, that's the thing is I, so I, I remember when I rewrote meetup manager in Xamarin forms, it used to be MVVM cross. And I was like, oh, this is a very simple user interface. Mm. I'm just going to swap it out, right? For Xamarin forms. And I had written, I think we had talked about this before. I'd written everything in a very MVVM very strict way, even in a way that I could swap out the um, network calls. Like if I didn't want it to be oh. a meetup.com app, it could be a Foursquare app oh. or whatever. Yeah. And since I had all the data bindings, I had all the properties, I had everything in, I rewrote the entire application in like two days. I reskinned the entire thing. And that was only possible because of this. I remember trying to go back to um, my meetup or um, not meetup manager, but um, my, my media center application that I wrote six years ago. Oh, man. Now, I did try to do good <laughs> architecture, but I'll tell you so many things were intermixed, especially with loading progress. And there yeah. wasn't async await six years ago. So it was like <laughs> a lot of a lot of mixing and matching and jamming things together. So I would literally have to test over and over again and jump back and forth, back and forth on it. Um, where I may fix one, some, one thing on one platform, it may mm -hmm. not be fixed on the other platform. And that's the big problem. That is the big problem. <laughs> and um, in all my code reuse and all my shareable uh, projects, that has always been the problem is two apps getting out of sync with each other. And that usually boils down to how much complexity, how hard did you make it on yourself to reproduce uh, UI changes between the two platforms. I think um, we'll, we'll get there, but let's rewind for a minute and let's go back to our single platform app. So now we want to move it onto another platform. Uh, let's assume we've taken that first step of creating the .NET standard library that contains all our business logic. It's really annoying, but you pull all that out. Now, the next step for me was always um, create view models where I was using uh, native views before. And this is purely code refactoring. This is like, uh, you can keep the app working. It's easy. It's just grunt work. Pull the, pull as much of the data out of the UI as you can. Do you agree? Yeah. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. It makes sense to me. I'm a big MVVM fan. And the idea being. <laughs> Some people aren't. 
<laughs> Some people aren't. MVC, you could you could pretend it's yeah, a controller, I guess. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the goal here of of that view model is saying this is everything that the UI should display or or interact with in a way yeah. uh, as far as the data goes. Right. And um, actually, I am on the controller side um, because I put a lot of logic into these things, too. So like the button click handler or command, as they would call it in Xamarin Forms, mm-hmm. that would totally be in the view model. Oh, I've yeah, seen totally. your view models. You agree, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what it is. The, because the, the controller and the view model are so similar in a way. It's just more views. In the modern models. world, yeah. In the modern they, world. The concepts yeah. have really blended. What I was actually thinking about is some people are really uh, want to separate out the commands, but ah, whatever. It's a it's an added complexity. No bother in that. So now you have two choices if you've pulled out the view model. Um, what I've done in the past now is I still write the native app on the other platform. But now when I write the view for that platform, so if I have um, a person editor on iOS, I'll write a person editor for Android. And the commonality will be they'll share a view model. And that's good, I would say. I mean, in yes. that I was able to produce an app with this. <laughs> yes. That but it's also, yep. <laughs> it's also terrible, though, because when you edit the view on iOS, you do not get that propagated to Android. And that's the conundrum we face. So you have two different views. Yeah. And when you want to update those views, you have to update them in two places. Right. Yes. So that's that's bad, right? You, you get where that, that just goes wrong. There's, but, yes, there's bad and good, right? There, the, the bad yeah. that, the good is that you've crafted two beautiful user interfaces that are right. super performant, super optimized mm-hmm. for the platform. The bad part is that now good we point. are sharing our, our, our backend logic, but whenever we want to do any of the UI work, any changes, we have to do it in one, two, maybe we got to go to Mac OS, maybe we got to go to Windows, so yeah. now we're at four user interfaces. <laughs> yeah. And for some views, that makes sense. And that's kind of my right. my thing is like, the reason that we didn't start with Xamarin Forms to do a fully you know cross-platform everything was that you know my app needed to boot in under a second and I needed to use mm-hmm. controls that weren't in Xamarin Forms like collection views and bottom navigation and stuff like that on Android, right? That's yeah. the idea, that's the goal. Yeah, uh, I, I love that you clarified that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, yeah, um, everyone's just like, oh, just use Hammer and Forms. No, 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 the idea here is that we're using stuff that's not in there. And then everyone's like, use custom renders. No, 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 I just want, no. Like, you know, I just want to yeah. start with, I'm creating a, you know, like you, like you think of iCircuit, which is super graphical heavy, or you think of applications that are super map heavy, like I was building this volunteer park application, or you're thinking of building the next Instagram, which is very image and video heavy, like those need to optimize bitmaps and get down into the performance or using AR kit, right? You know, these are, these are things where you want them to be done natively. Yeah. Um, I, I even want to take a side tangent and mention, um, the parts in your app where you can cheat and the parts in your app where you can't cheat. <laughs> so in the case of iCircuit or something, what I have is a big graphical view, mm-hmm. a toolbar, a library picker, and like a properties editor. So the main Chrome of the application, the thing hosting all the data, presenting all the content, the toolbars and those editors, I think that those actually should be native. And then side side tangent that's why xamarin forms is good it gives you the native controls but you could think about using um a custom ui ui library to share code but i think that would be a bad idea because it's the text box and the buttons and things like that that really should be native or at least act like the native controls 
Now, the content of your area, content area of your application, and in iCircuit, this would be like the circuit editor. That is just a big graphics control. It's almost mm. like a video game. It's just yeah. rendering every frame, and that code actually works beautifully to share between platforms because the native view doesn't have is not intelligent it's just like draw some graphics and it's the um, platform independent code that tells it what graphics to draw yeah so in that case having custom views on each platform isn't a big deal because i can reuse so much code all that drawing code between them and it all just works out this is essentially your your Skia Sharp, your OpenGL yes. or TK, I guess. This is your mm-hmm. cross-platform graphics where it is not generating the native controls, but is creating cross-platform canvas drawing, essentially. Like yeah. you have that draw event, draw a rectangle. You know, it's a mm-hmm. game. It's a, uh, you're interacting with blocks and charts. I think if you were building a card game, right? You're, that seems like, oh, I want a card view and I'm going to draw this. Like, no, like all those are literally looking and scaling the same on each platform. And that code yeah, should never be written two or three times. That seems crazy. Yeah, and it's great that you mentioned Skia because uh, my older, older version of that, Cross Graphics, that's exactly what the two were accomplishing. I simply had a canvas view and then uh, <laughs> it devolves. So many parts of iCircuit because that drawing code became so easy to share, I just started turning more and more parts of the app into canvases <laughs> that I could custom render. And so it's such a powerful technique that I absolutely loved it. The problem problem is when you do that, you are throwing away native. I could not put a proper native um, tab view in there. It just wouldn't happen. But you do get a lot of mileage out of that. So not everyone's writing graphics rich apps, but if you are, feel free to just use a canvas and go at it that way. Well, it seems like even a lot of applications, it's a lot of text or images or buttons. And even those can kind of be abstracted out quite easily. I think when I look at how I could create a very simple cross-platform user interface, which would be, Mm -hmm. oh, I have my my button and my label and my edit (laughs) text, right? And then you rig that. (laughs) My stack view, my page, (laughs) my view controller. And quickly you realize what you're doing here. (laughs) You're recreating Xamarin Forms. (laughs) So I think that that's the next thing that comes about is like, hey, I've now started down this road of creating separate user interfaces. Maybe I do have Mm -hmm. some shared Skia, some shared um, OpenGL type of things. But now I have an application that has some really native controls, but then there's 70% of my application that I just want to share those views, right? And I think the goal is to, for me is never, I would love to share 100% and I could do that if I'm doing simple Mm -hmm. applications, but on a lot of applications, if I'm at 70, how can I get to 80? How can I get to 90? And some of that is stripping away some of that platform specific you know, user interface that is simplistic. I'm thinking settings, yeah. about page, mm-hmm. details page, things that are just displaying data, the static content in a way. The, How can I strip that out? They're the low hanging fruit. Anytime you just have form data, text boxes and labels and yeah, images too. I, I'm not trying to demean forms. I'm just saying these are the easy cases. This is all that code can just be grabbed up into platform independent code. And you know what? Even if you don't like how Xamarin forms renders it you can always do custom renders to override it but i think the point in this case is to yeah get that next 10 or even i would even say more i circuit using the techniques i described earlier would get between 70 and 80 percent code reuse between oh, the nice. platforms yeah <clears throat> i like that i yeah, think I... um 
it, with something like Xamarin Forms, I could have easily been at ninety ninety five. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think in in the in in what Xamarin Forms now offers, we should say is is a newer feature that's in preview yeah. that I think is what I. I've, I've demoed quite a bit, but I haven't used in a production app. And I just started using it in a production app, which is why I wanted to have this architecture issue because I re- literally ran into this issue that you're describing, Frank, is that we we had an app basically done on Android, but only 30% the way done on iOS. And this was this volunteer park app. And let me frame this, okay? okay. We're at the hackathon. This is for the nonprofits that we talked about last week. And the volunteer park wanted an application that you could do a walking tour. So you'd have a map, you'd have all of the um, destinations that are monuments or statues or locations. You could click on one on the map. So you have all the points on it. You can click on one. You can mark that you visited. It would update the map. There'd be custom overlays on it. And then there'd be a details page. And the details page would have information. It could play back audio, like an audio walkable tour. You could scroll through images, et cetera, right? But there was other tabs on the main page. The main page was tabs, and there was three tabs, map, support, about. And the developers, when they started this, it was a Xamarin native app. And we did that because the map was very rich. You needed custom overlays. Uh, we needed okay. you know, d- stuff that Xamarin Forms maps didn't have built in. So, so I was like, makes sense. Quick side tangent then. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're not happy with the Xamarin Forms map support, or it's just that you couldn't do your custom pop-ups and everything. It's just designed for kind of a... Uh, a one flavor, one theme yeah. kind of thing. The Xamarin Forms maps, there are a bunch of custom extra controls and this and that, but it's very tied to specific versions of Google Play for the maps. And I don't know, it just seemed like that you would spend a lot more work if you had a map heavy application using Forms than not. That was kind of my thought. Okay. Pro tip. And additionally, we wanted to use um, the new Android tabs on the bottom. So iOS and Android had a very similar look and feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you okay. can do in Xamarin Forms, but again, custom work <laughs> that didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, the great should the tabs be on top or should the tabs be on the bottom debate. I'm exactly. not going to ring in here, but yeah, I guess it's a great debate. It's a great debate. <laughs> okay, and, and, so you started with native apps because you had these constraints, and you're just mm-hmm. starting there. But then you realized, oh my gosh, there's actually a lot of this UI that I could share. So here's what happened. Yeah, so there was two developers working on it. And I wasn't working on it originally. I did some of the Android work. And the Android one was about 95% done, Frank. So this was all Android XML, you know, <laughs> okay. fragments, activities. Yeah. And some of the views were very complex because the details okay. one had this beautiful material design with this collapsible view. And then it had recycler views and scroll views and audio playback. Were there cards? But there had to be cards. There had to be lots of cards, you know. Okay, good. And so the very first thing that happened is I looked at the iOS version of it. And it was a storyboard and it was like the map's done and that's it, right? Like there's a few text boxes on there. <laughs> but what happened was, like you said, the developers they were using similar things and they had some models, some services, but most of the code was inside of the views, even on Android. Yeah. So the, yeah. it was very much like a hybrid of, Ugh. all right, we got 20% shared code, but the other 80 that could be shareable, just yeah. business logic is in iOS and Android. So even playing audio is in two spots, no interface, no anything. So I said, okay, I before, I do, before I do <laughs> any so we- UI, let me strip that all out. Like literally what you just said. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's tough though because uh, when they're so intertwined like that, it's like, what is UI logic and what is business logic? Like, what can be shared and what can't be shared? And so you have to start drawing these lines in your head, lines that you never had to consider before. You know, um, mm-hmm. is the fact that this text box disables is that a business rule or am I just doing this to help the user out? Yeah, and true. so, you know, yeah. should that translate to iOS or should it not? Is that just an Android thing? You know, so you have to start drawing all these terrible boundaries. But guess what? That's the price of having apps on two platforms. <laughs> true. Yeah. So I started doing that immediately. I started saying, OK, what happens? Like, you know, if I check in at a place, is that in the toolbar? Is it, is it a button? Yeah. Like, is it like, is it enabled? Is it disabled? What's the text? So I first pulled out all of the common logic that I could. So calling into the services, I used a cross platform, some plugins. I started using some plugins like user dialogues for loading progresses, kind of get rid of some of the UI that is simplistic, Mm -hmm. that has already been abstracted. And then I went into Android and I just started deleting stuff. Like this was my, so once I took all the business logic out, I just deleted the about page and the support page because these were pages that were just buttons. Come on images and labels that's it text lots of text text. yeah lots of i I was gonna ask you what was on that support page because that seemed to be the same as the about page but it sounds like they both are in terms of complexity about the same thing Uh, yeah complex complexity 10 per 10 10 out of 100 so one out of 10 (laughs) complexity one out of 10 complexity can write in two hours got it yeah so that's smart yeah just start from scratch there there's no sense in trying to mix up the code and confuse everything Mm -hmm. if it's a simple view just recreate it from scratch as a cross-platform view exactly so i created a file i brought in the xamarin forms (laughs) nougats with which have the xaml xamarin forms embedding in it I rewrote those two views and I got them in iOS immediately and in Android and they looked great. Boom, done, right? Like that's amazing. Like all of a sudden I recreated my, I needed to create the iOS views anyways, but now the source code is identical between the two platforms for those two views. So like half of the application is shared UI immediately. Yeah. Like mind blowing. Like, I don't it literally know about took me an hour. Code. I would have to see a number to believe that, but at least two thirds of the UI. Yeah, sure. We'll, two we'll thirds of the UI shared. <laughs> Yes. So the yeah. map I left alone because the map was already done. Not, oh, okay. But yeah. there's um, there's the wicked page left, the details page. Ugh, the details page. <laughs> Where do we even begin with the details page? <laughs> so the details page is complex. And on Android, it was done, right? So I had refactored the business logic. The view was done. And you're probably thinking, why didn't I delete that? because mm, I know you love card views and material design and all these things. I'm not even going to ask you the question. Yes. I think we all know why you didn't delete that. So what did you do instead, James? Yes, the question is, at this point, do I, A, create the iOS view in Storyboard? Mm. Now, remember, <laughs> I don't. I really don't like storyboards or iOS user interface. Let's be honest. I'm just not a, remember, I'm not a fan. Remember, listeners. No one really likes storyboards or <laughs> iOS interfaces. <laughs> so my goal was to try to learn auto layout and try to or try okay. code behind UI and just yeah. bang my head against the wall. No, don't do any of those things. But OK, that's what you started doing. No, that's table not. view, collection view. That's all you need in iOS. If your UI doesn't fit into table view and collection view, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. So I thought about that. I thought about then I thought like, oh, maybe the header of the collection view is this image uh-huh. and then it's this thing. And yeah, 
And then I was like, I just don't even want to. So what I did is I said, let me challenge myself to create a XAML user interface using XAML oh forms for okay. only iOS. Oh, I see. How interesting. So let's make this clear, everyone, what just happened here. He's going to create a cross-platform UI, but he's not going to use it on Android because it's that precious. I just ding, ding, ding. want that to be clear for in the future when I do something dumb like this for iOS. <laughs> exactly. This is now... Okay, wow. <laughs> yes. Now, the cool part here is that technically this is a cross-platform user interface. And I could potentially, I'm gonna share this so you, you can could. see it. It potentially could because it's using the same exact view model that our Android u user mm -hmm. interface is using. Yeah. But I knew that I, myself, James Montemagno, would have a very difficult time figuring out how to get a scroll view with multiple stacks, with images, with buttons and labels and loading transcripts, and then even figuring out how to create the collection view inside of the scroll view to get oh the God. images on the bottom loading. Okay, just putting it out there, it's not so hard, but I understand it's a different platform. It would be a lot of reading, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. So I wrote and I quote well, 58 lines of XAML and I did it on iOS. And I'm sure it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine, is what I meant to say. So, but I will say that there's a benefit here because now that the app is at least on the iOS side, the majority of Xamarin Forms, now you actually do have the potential of having a UWP app. So you can go onto Windows now mm -hmm. and with, you know, perhaps even Mac and Linux with future Xamarin Forms. So I guess uh, what an interesting solution you came to is you turned it into a Forms app, at least some good chunk of it on iOS. Yeah, that was that was the idea. Basically, the only thing that is not Xamarin Forms is that map because it has custom overlays. And I could do it probably, but I was like, eh, why bother, you know, right? All giggling aside, I think that this is smart. Um, if you've already done good work on Android and it looks good and works good, there's no sense in throwing it out. The time when you will throw it out is when the maintenance of it becomes too big. When you discover, oh, I just fixed it on iOS, but I don't want to go to Android or vice versa. I fixed it on Android. I don't want to change iOS. The moment you make that decision, I think both have to switch over to Xamarin mm -hmm. Forms. Yeah. But as long as you're not there yet, as long as you're not feeling that stress point, yeah, do this because it's a better UI, as you said. Yeah, and that's the thing is you. I could even put this user interface inside of the shared code. And guess what? Only the iOS app application has to use it. And like you said, if I want to go to Windows or even Mac, I could bring over the shared view. And it's up to me as a developer where I want to use the shared view. And I think that's what's really cool is that as a developer now, I can decide when and where I want to create shared user interface easily. Like you could do it before, but with XAML. And I think that's what's really cool to me because I'm thinking, all right, I'm developer B coming in um, brand new to this project. How do I look at the architecture? I'm like, okay, well, I see this, 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 and then here, and I even see this view and I see that only Android uses this custom one. And then I can decide, <laughs> I don't want to maintain wow. that anymore. I'm just going to slap in what James did earlier because I don't want those card views. Right. So I think that's the kind of cool part. Yeah.
Uh, totally agreed. Um, except I would probably put a comment somewhere here because I would feel bad for that programmer B who came in and it's like, why are there two implementations of this? What idiot implemented this app? In fact, like, no, no, I'm not an idiot. I'm just really passionate about Android. And that's that would be the conversation you have to put into a doc comment. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm all bored. This is, this, is, this is fine. So let's talk about um, what they added to Xamarin Forms that actually makes this possible. So any page you have, you can ask for a view controller in iOS. And what, an activity or a fragment in Android? A fragment, which is really cool because Ooh. fragments, multiple fragments can go inside of one activity. So you could actually have a split view of some of it is Xamarin Forms and some of it is not on a single screen, which is kind of bananas. Oh, it's actually good, though, because if you think about like an iPad app where um, you do have the majority of the screen being like maybe a native view or something, but you just have a properties editor or something, you know, some simple UI mm-hmm. that you want to pop up on the side. That is exactly what Continuous does, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it works out really well. Um, so I'm all for that, too. Yeah, it, it's really nice. And it, and it works on Windows, too. So that's a nice thing is it works on all the platforms. And it is a special NuGet feed. So I just added a little NuGet um, restore thing, NuGet config. And yeah, what I did is I was able to just say, hey, when you go to this tab, don't, instead of going and creating this Android XML or this UI view controller from the storyboard, just like mm-hmm. plop it in there. And like the source code yeah. is like so kind of cool to look at because <laughs> if you open the storyboard, it kind of makes me giggle because there's this ghost shell of an application where where literally you just see the tab controller and you see a bunch of navigation controllers with nothing in it it makes me it makes me smile and that's what all of my apps look like (laughs) yeah i I just i hate interface builder that much (laughs) yeah i just don't do it (laughs) yeah so in like literally inside of the i just shared a a page and i'll link to the open source projects so people can see what i did here follow along at home yeah you follow along at home but there's a view did load and inside of it it says new about page dot create view controller push view controller (laughs) that's it and like two lines of code it, it is that easy. You create a page, call a function on it, and now you have the native UI for it. Um, we were talking before this because I was confused. You're like, look at this awesome new feature. And I'm like, but I've been doing this for years. And I was really confused about what was going on. And it turns out, yes, I have been doing it for years, but it was always an internal private method. So yeah. I was cheating. I was using reflection to pull off this trick. Uh, but newly announced, I guess, <laughs> Xamarin Forms has officially released support for this. It has. That's it's, cool. well, it's in a private NuGet feed, and I'll link to a blog oh, post almost, on it. Almost. Almost there. I think <laughs> okay. it's coming Getting in close. 3.0 or whatever. But There's going to be a 3.0? I think Is so. News? Wow. I mean, that's the name of the NuGet. Who I knows what someday. they'll do? But <laughs> oh, okay. The nice thing cool. is that it's just an extension method on each platform, and they did a lot of work too. So what they had to do was a like they had to redo a whole bunch of the architecture because it used to be this internal weird thing, and there's no way to do fragment. And we're like, we need to fragment. You don't want an activity. You just <laughs> want to shove it in there and make yeah. it work. And on Android, I know, and Windows, it was a lot of work. I think on iOS, it's just really easy because iOS is, yeah. we've talked about it. That it, it was already using view controllers, mm-hmm. so it was just a matter of getting the right pointer and handing it back to you. Exactly. Yeah. And they've done a lot of work where on Android, you can create a support fragment or a normal fragment and just converts it and does the nice thing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Low-level detail then, is it a support fragment or is it a fragment fragment? It, based on what you request, it will return what you want. Oh, 
Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good little API. It is a good little API. <laughs> that makes it itself. nice. That makes it nice, Are by there the way. pros and cons? Yeah. The, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, pros and cons, almost everything uses a support fragment, but some new, new controls, let's say that you are using like an Android O feature of something that may require a actual fragment. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of weird. So you'll find out. Yeah. You'll figure it out. <laughs> so I'm in love with this feature, by the way. I am blown away because I can think of how many times I want to have a super crazy detailed optimized collection view and all this stuff, but then everything else is there. Or you're like you said, I think that this is a cool feature because I have developers coming up to me saying, I've created a UWP app and now I want to come over to iOS and Android. How do I do that? And I yeah, go, well, yeah. you don't want to throw <laughs> away your UWP app. So how about you just start replacing views in your UWP app that are about settings, details with mm-hmm. Xamarin form XAML. And then over on iOS and Android, your entire app could be in Xamarin forms. Like that's another crazy thing to think about, right? You talked about in the very beginning, you have an iOS app, you start in native, but no Android app. Well, guess what? You could, in this logic of what I just said, your Android app could be 100% Xamarin forms and your iOS app, you know, 80% Xamarin forms. And I think that's yep. really cool. Yep. And um, it, it's pretty much the path I'm taking with all my apps that I've started on one platform and want to move them over. Because even, as I said, even when you don't like what Xamarin Forms does, <laughs> or like you don't like their uh, controls or anything, you can always replace them. You can do your own custom renderers for pretty much anything in it. And so that's always my escape hatch of at least I start out with a functioning cross-platform UI. And when I really want to take advantage of native stuff in maybe small particular areas, I can do that too. So it's a nice progression in both directions, to be honest. Yeah, I love it. I'm glad that we finally talked about it. I think it's in a state where <laughs> it's I a think, great you know, trick. I've, I've demoed here and there, but when I used it, I just sat down and I busted out this user interface like on a plane. It like mm. just blew my mind how productive <laughs> I was, uh, especially on iOS. You love programming on a plane. <laughs> Progr- you gotta be I love all your plane journeys, all your plane programming. Yeah, you got to. That's it. I think that's all I wanted to talk about. Anything else you want to talk about? I love this stuff. I don't know. I'm a geek. Uh, no, no. But I, I hope people enjoy this. Uh, I know they love architecture. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see who made it to the end. Yes. <laughs> and if you did, let us know. Yes, we love feedback. You know we love feedback. And you can easily, super easily leave us feedback by just going to mergeconflict.fm, hitting the contact button. We get those you know, super awesome emails. We love to create topics off of that. We love to interact on Twitter too. So we would love if you send us an email or send us a tweet at MergeConflictFM on Twitter or just hit me and Frank up. We love to do that. We're about to get up really close to the next lightning talk round. I'm super excited. Um, yeah. And we need some topics. So let us know. Yeah. Preferably hilarious short topics. Those are definitely my favorite. Yeah, it is the time Hilarity. when our developers get to, or our listeners, I should say, get to tell us exactly <laughs> what they want to hear. And we will go ahead and... <laughs> for better or for worse. Exactly. <laughs> nah, we both enjoy it. We'll get there. Not yet. Well, this has been a fun episode, Frank. I think that's about it that I can think of. So until next time, this has been Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.